The dynamic duo is together again after a bye week and uh, and Josh being foolish enough to attend a, a wedding last weekend. Here we are uh, live Dynasty Saturday Night Five. Uh, I am uh, I'm Brian Ford uh, here with uh, with Josh Walker, uh, my, my co-host. Please make sure that you subscribe, uh, rate and review, whether you're on the Going for Two Live podcast audio at the moment or. Of course, if you're on the uh, YouTubes, please make sure you subscribe to the channel, like the video, and maybe even turn on those uh, those notifications with the little ding dong bell. So, <laughs> how you doing? Good. I'm happy to be back. I hate that I missed, but it's good to get away and see some friends every now and then. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's just it's just sad. It's a tragic occasion, like a wedding, you know. Yeah, it, it's unfortunate, but it was a lot yeah. of fun. Michael and I get to go to the Falcons game tomorrow, so I get to be angry. Oof, another tragic occasion. I don't know what you're. Uh, yeah, you're a masochist these days. I, no, I am. You can tell I really love myself. <laughs> when was the last time you you were at a, a live NFL game? Um, it was a few years ago when uh, they played the Ravens and Lamar Jackson was out, so I didn't get to see Lamar Jackson. I was walking down when I got there and fell when I was carrying my beer, so that was always fun. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Dead sober too. I just <laughs> yeah, well, spilling beer is, is 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 not good. Uh Gator J uh checking in. What's good, Brian and Josh? Uh I don't know. Some things are good, some are not, but I'm 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 surviving. <laughs> I'm, I'm making surviving. the best of it. Yeah. All right. Uh so just as a reminder, folks, uh Dynasty Saturday Night Five, we do lists of Five uh, as a way to just kind of talk about dynasty, have a little fun on a Saturday night. We don't go hella into numbers or that sort of thing. It's it's more of uh, it it's it's more of just a you know um, fun chatting about you know the dynasty landscape and and we we do use you know stats and things like that when when it's necessary. Tonight though is a is a little bit different. We're going to be talking about our our L's and and wearing. Wearing our L's, uh, right? And uh, the scarlet letter L is uh, <laughs> going to be uh, imprinted on us. Uh, and of course, uh, Pigeon Patrol, uh, encouraging us to wear the L's with pride. So before we get to that, uh, let's take care of some business. No House Advantage is changing the game, offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today. Play Pick'em Style contests versus other people for the shot at winning $150,000 or more. Download the app, use our promo code GF2, and get a deposit match up to $25. Choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb the leaderboard on your way to a shot for the big money every day. You can also test your skills versus the house and 20x your entry if you hit all your picks. Bet on up to five player prop over-unders or individual player matchups across every major sports league, including NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, MMA, and 
NASCAR. Again, use the promo code GF2 at nohouseadvantage.com or on the app, which you can download at the App Store. You'll get a first deposit match of up to $25. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not how you play, but also where you play. And where do we play, Josh? In Dynasty Leagues, a number of them. And if you make a mistake and step in shite, it can can be uh, (laughs) frustrating and and certainly uh, move your season in uh, one way or the other. And also, you know, some of the long-term prospects that you have depending on on the L, right? So, you know, we, we sort of, you know, very honestly said we have a lot of L's, <laughs> you know, uh, we'll, we'll do some dubs, uh, maybe another episode. Um, but, uh, you know, so we're going to, we're going to talk about them uh, sort of in, in groups and, and things like that, kind of cheating. It's a list of five, but it's a list of five groups, you know, <laughs> just kind of take, yeah. take out the baseball bat and beat ourselves up for all the L's. <laughs> but, you know, I guess this question is like, how are we defining an L? So, you know, how would you define like an L for you? Um, in Dynasty, I try not to do it just after one year. But definitely a lot of guys that you like trade draft picks for and stuff, they don't pan out. Like what I'm going to talk about, I've spent – I made a bunch of trades for him coming into the year. He's been a healthy scratch a few times, and it's just really biting me in the ass the capital I gave up for a good young player that is just not producing. Hmm. I say anything where you're not getting a return on your investment, especially in Dynasty. I try not to panic over one year, but it's hard not to when you're losing and you have a win now team and you're three and five or two and six, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think for me, the L's are are both kind of short term, like getting some calls wrong about 2022. And then also, like you said, you know, some sunken capital or that sort of thing, or, you know, someone that I kind of thought like, okay, well, it's been two years now. So, you know, you're not showing me anything. Right. But, uh, All right, so you want to start? You want me to start? Yeah, I'll go first just because I touted – if you follow me on Twitter, you see me post about him a lot. I wrote up an article about him as my very first article. And I'm going to clump a few more players in this because they're correlated to his success, but it's Elijah Moore. I had him a top 20 uh, wide receiver in Dynasty coming into the year. The potential is still there, and I'm still fairly high on him in Dynasty, but he has been absolutely terrible this year. He's my most rostered player across all my sleeper leagues. And, you know, I thought Zach Wilson would turn it around, but he also is just absolute, like, butt cheeks when it comes to being a quarterback right now. Uh, I wish they put Joe Flacco back in because he at least could move the ball around under pressure. I mean, Wilson's 32nd under pressure, and I think he's only completed less than 10 passes when they blitz. So, with that happening, it's going to be really hard to get your playmakers the ball. And he seems to like throwing to Garrett Wilson more. So right now it's just a down year. I'm I haven't benched. I haven't dropped him or anything. I'm not looking to trade him, but he's definitely sure. just a wasting a spot on my bench down there in a lot of <laughs> leagues. And and so let me ask you a question then about Elijah Moore, who I like uh, as well. Um, you know, we have enough of a sample size to show that he's better with Flacco than he's mm-hmm. than he's been with Wilson, right? So a, what does that tell us, right? And maybe b, he actually was getting while Corey Davis was healthy, was getting open at a better rate than mm-hmm. Corey Davis, but getting fewer targets. So what what does it I mean is what does it say about what's going on with Wilson? 
And, but also, now that Brees is out, how will the offense change, if at all? Right? Yeah, I I don't think it'll change. I think it will a little bit, just because Brees is a different like running back than a lot of people. But they did go get J-Rob, so I think they're going to use him as the one and two down back more often. So I don't think it'll change a ton. But I think they're going to be down a lot more because they don't have that big playability. I mean, Michael Carter's solid, but he's still an RB2, and he's that's clearly all they see him as. And if he doesn't improve, I, I'm not very high on outside of Garrett Wilson because he seems to have a good connection. I'm not very mm-hmm. high on anybody else, except maybe Conklin. But I think a lot of it is connection. I think obviously Garrett Wilson and Zach Wilson have a much better connection than him and Elijah Moore. Because early in the year, Elijah Moore was even with Flacco, he was open. He just wasn't getting the ball very often. It, I don't really know why. If you weren't competing, would you kick the tires on Elijah Moore on a contender? See what. Uh... See what you can get him for. If I if I rephrase that, if you sure if you if you're if you're not competing, right? Mm-hmm. Would you you know see what you can move to a contender and and to get Elijah Moore? They're frustrated, yeah. maybe, and maybe you have uh, I don't know Amari Cooper, and you can get Elijah Moore plus. Whereas you know maybe you couldn't in another situation prior to this, right? Yeah, I would. I'll definitely try and push him. Maybe like. Um... You could do that. I just had a name and it just slipped my mind. I would even try and send off Gabe Davis or something looking, even though he's younger, I still like Elijah Moore more than Gabe Davis. So anyone probably 10, 15 spots lower than Elijah Moore that other people might be higher on. Mm-hmm. I would definitely try and get Elijah Moore plus just because mm-hmm. he's 22 years old still, you know, it's just a bad year and hope he turns it around. Kyle Senra uh, checking in at Senra says on Twitter saying, hi, everyone. Hi, Kyle and the folks in the chat. Speaking of the chat, I believe Pigeon Patrol is uh, directly attacking me here. Um, <laughs> there seemed to be some optimism about how Davis Mills played as a rookie. How's he looking year two, buying or selling him as a franchise quarterback? So let's be clear here. I never thought he was a franchise quarterback. But as you you know uh, uh, allude to, there was some optimism. So let me talk about my first uh, uh, L's here, and that is the Houston Texans, right? Um, going into this year, I was optimistic about Mills taking a step forward. I was optimistic about Brevin Jordan taking a step forward. I was optimistic about Nico taking a step forward, right? Uh, and sort of all those were interrelated, but also because, uh, you know, with an improved run game, it would open up you know, some play action maybe uh, for Mills that, you know, they really couldn't do much of when their running backs were who they were last year, right? Um, Hasn't turned out well this year, for sure. Um, You know, in some ways, you know, Mills has even maybe taken a step back, right? Nico's uh, been hurt. Um, You know, uh, Brevin Jordan, you know, I think, I don't know that the process was all that bad, although, to be fair, you know, he was, you know, a, not super athletic day three tight end. So it's not like, you know, it was uh, it was a high percentage call, but, uh, you know, he flashed, he had chemistry. Um, you know, a lot of people thought that he was a steal as, as, as a fifth round draft pick. Um, you know, he kind of, uh, uh, it was Pitts and then Fryermuth, And then a lot of people had Jordan three. And the only reason he was three is because he couldn't block like Fryermuth could. And people liked him as a receiver and all that was like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm high on him. I was wrong, right? He slipped way 
down my rankings. Nico, I have probably more optimism about. He's got size and speed. Um, you know, with with uh, with the right quarterback and and the right offense, I, I you know I, I think there's there's definitely you know uh, uh, more potential there than it than it seems for uh, Brevin Jordan, right? Um, the thing about Mills, though, he may not be a quote unquote franchise quarterback, right? But Houston has other holes to fill, right? You know, are they going to be bad enough and motivated enough to get you know? Stroud or uh, or Bryce Young, right? Um, you know, I'm not saying that no other quarterback comes in there, right? But but the assumption that oh, Mills is you know, Mills is not going to be the starter. I I don't know, right? I've seen mocks where they have uh, they have uh, uh, several mocks have Houston. I guess they're at two now or something. You know, uh, taking an edge rusher, right? You know, and if that's across you know several mocks, it's like hmm, okay, well maybe it says something. Right. Um, you know, but but again, I will wear this L and I've slipped them in my and I've slipped them in my rankings. Want to also talk about Damian Pierce while we're on the Texans, because that's kind of an L in the opposite direction for me. Although I still maintain that I'm not completely wrong. And I know people are going to be like, what can, can, you, <laughs> can you not hold on to like your priors and take lock and all that? Listen, I, you know, he's, he's gone up in my rankings. Right. But, you know, heading heading into the draft, you know, he was like RB10 in that class for me. I had a number of, of, of people uh, ahead of him, but I did say if he if he's in the right landing spot, you know he, he's going to move up, and and he did move up because he landed in the right spot. Basically, going into the draft, I you know I, I looked at a few franchises that were like you know Belcal wanted, like they were ha- hanging the sign out, you know Belcal yeah. wanted apply here, and and the Texans were one of them, right? So I definitely think you know I'm it, it's an L. In, in that direction for me, in the opposite direction. But let's remember, too, right, um, how much draft capital, you know, was spent on him, um, how much they lean on him because maybe the, you know, passing isn't going well, right? I have to look at, like, neutral rates and, and, and all that sort of thing. But, you know, I, I, again, I'm not trying to cover my ass. I'm, I'm, wear, I'm wearing this L. But what I'm saying is be careful about shooting him all the way up to, like, RB8 and 10 in oh. your dynasty rankings. Because, you know, there's a reason, right, that, that you know, I saw him as, you know, more of a limited skill set, not beating you to the outside and, uh, you know, and that sort of thing. And also, you know, the 23 uh, free agent class is deep at running back and the 23 rookie class seems to be pretty good, too. You know, although some folks are shifting around in the rankings there. So, you know, I'm just don't go all in on Damian Pierce because, but but all that said, Texans across the board, L for me, 0-1. Yeah. No, I'm with you on both of those to an extent. I had Damian Pierce, I think five or six, and that was only after he went to the Texans because I was like, there's no way he doesn't beat out Rex Burkhead. But at the same time, I think his flaws showed in the last game, even though he looked really good. He only scored 13 PPR points, and Kenneth Gainwell only on three receptions had about the same. So – He's not. He's hasn't yet shown that he can like pull in a bunch of receptions, a bunch of targets, and add that to it. So until then, you know, I think it is kind of limited as RB two play, you know, with upside, also touchdown upside, you know. So I was with you on that one, and Mills, I was also out on. I think he's gonna be the guy. I don't think he's a franchise quarterback, but I think he's good enough now, and I hope that they build around the offensive line and some other get the better defense to help him out a little because they have the offensive weapons. 
I just think he's still another year away, or the Texans are another year away from putting the right pieces around him to help him succeed. Mm. So Gator J uh, had uh, Pierce's RB three in the twenty twenty in the twenty twenty two class. Grain of salt, though, folks. I mean, you know, <laughs> Gator Gator J. There's a reason his his handle is Gator J. No, I'm 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 just playing around. Um, so uh, what do you think about this trade though that he did for uh, with with Pierce? It looks like he sent Pierce for Najee in a twenty three third. So he got Pierce and gave away Najee in a third. No, it looks like he, oh, traded, he traded away Pierce. I like Pierce I right. like that. I you know I'm not that high on Najee this year, but he's young enough. You know, I def I think you come out especially getting a third there. That's that's mm. a really good trade. Mm. I'm I'm a little more cautious with with Najee. I think um you know uh, the offensive line, the the overall offense. Uh, quarterback, who knows? Um, you know, uh, you know. Yeah, okay, fine. The the foot might be bugging him, but still, you know, he was always a a you know volume dependent, inefficient, TD dependent uh, running back. And if he's not going to catch a lot of passes, you know, in an offense which it seems like he's catching fewer, you know, that's not really going to help him. That's not really going to help him either. Um, he had this thing in his cleat. Um, that was like protecting the foot that they removed a few weeks ago. And, and he said the like, res, you know, reinforcement plate or whatever was limiting him. Right. Well, they took it out a couple of weeks ago from his cleats and <laughs> here, here we still are. Right. So there's a chance that he gains value. Right. Um, you know, and the buy-in for that gamble is Pierce. It's not, not bad. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I, I'm a little cautious about it. I, I would have tried to get more out of that. I would do it if I was rebuilding, you know, because obviously you're taking a hit from Najee to Pierce. But if I'm rebuilding and I'm just trying to get young assets and picks, I, I don't mind it. Right. Okay. Uh, what's your next L? My next one is one that you hyped up and I was just too low on and he's absolutely killing it. Josh Jacobs. He's the only one I have for this one because, you know, I wasn't that high on Zamir White. I just thought they went out and got a running back for a reason. And I just didn't think the Raiders really liked Josh Jacobs that much because they didn't really show it. But he's always – a top 20 running back every year of his career. He gets plenty of receptions now that used to be a, a knock on him. And he seems to be about the only good thing that's consistent in that offense. And I was just, just to be frank, I was just way too low on him. I didn't want anything to do with him. And now I'm kind of got FOMO mm. when I see him going off for 25, 30 points in a few weeks in a row. So when we think about you know, I've said it before on here, people buried him because they didn't pick up the, contract and they and they drafted Zamir White mm-hmm. and, and all that and you know my my motto with him all year was put some respect on Josh Jacobs name right but also something to consider right it's very possible you know he signs back with the Raiders on a short mm-hmm. cheaper deal and you know still has a a role it's very possible he has a you know good role on some other team but again with the free agent class and the draft class you know, something, you know, something to, to think about with really a, a lot of these running backs. You know, I, I have him where I have him in my rankings only because, like, it's kind of like where else, right? Like, he's not that. He doesn't match that. And I, I can't really justify putting him below these folks yet. So, you know, it's just, it's, it, you know, like, he might be high in my rankings. But, you know, come this, you know, 
come the, the start of the, the 2023 season, when these rookies enter and these free agents shuffle around, who knows, right? So I saw you have him at 10 right now. That's yeah. that's higher than anyone I've seen. So I moved him up yeah. to 17. I had him in the 30s. So I definitely bumped him up about half of a spot. So yeah. That was a yeah, good I know. part. I, I know I have him. I know I have him high, but um it's you know, two year window. I'm you know, I like Jacobs yeah. and you know. So uh, let's see. Uh what's my next L? Um Let's talk about the I'm not as wrong as y'all thought L's. Okay. Again, you know, I'll, <laughs> I'll, wear, the, I'll wear the L's. But yeah. <laughs> there's some caveats here, right? So that's Jalen Hurts, Amon Ra, Etienne, and um, Justin Fields, right? Um, and, you know, I, in, I'm ready in, to hear this segment because these are four of my guys going into right. the season. Yeah. So, I, I mean, we've talked about uh, several of, of these guys uh, mm-hmm. before, right? I mean, um, Hertz, again, yes, I was wrong, right? I, I thought people were way too high on him. I needed to see him step up as a passer, and he has. The caveat there is, you know, he's in my rankings where he is also because of, like, a who else are you going to put there? And, the, you know, not many quarterbacks I trust, really, yep. in, in Dynasty. And, and also, you know, they're doing an offense that's very tailored to him, you know? Um, and, you, you know... I have to look the numbers up again, but a few weeks into the season when I was saying I'm not as wrong as you all think, um, you know, the, the numbers on, uh, on him for like uh, deep throws and, uh, um, you know, third and longs and things like that and facing pressure, you know, we're, we're not good. Now, obviously, every quarterback does let you know, doesn't do as well under pressure. But like what I'm saying is he's operating in like ideal circumstances, right, as far as the passing goes. And so, you know, if that were to go tits up in, in one way or the other, you know, in a game or, or, over, or over a couple weeks, right? You know, yeah, he's got that rushing floor. But, you know, the reason he rose is because he stepped up as a passer. So, yeah. Amon Ra, yes, I was wrong. But people who have him in like the top 12 dynasty wide receivers, I just, you're, you're, you're smoking something, right? Uh, and I want some of it. Um, you know, yeah, you know, good yak. But, you know, yeah, he's, you know, demanding targets, earning them, right? That sort of thing. Um, You know, you know, mint offense, even though they've had explosive plays. um, You know, we're talking about, uh, you know, um, Jamison Williams coming back. We're talking about, um, you know, he hasn't really had to compete with, with Swift much this year. We're talking about, too, like, what is he? You know, he's a good possession receiver that will break some yak right but he is not an elite talent like some of the guys that we have up in in the top 12 you know like i'm on raw i like devonta smith more than i like i'm on right and you know if if i went in i would not be comfortable with Amon Ra as my as my wide receiver one on a dynasty team yeah I'd want him to be at least my two. And I, I could argue, for me personally, my three. But again, I will wear the L. I moved him from like the early 40s, and now he's in like the, the mid-20s. Etienne, again, obviously, right? You know, the usage is there. He's been very efficient. He's been a dynamic player. 
But there's a reason I wasn't, you know, high on him to begin with. And I thought, I mean, obviously it was a stupid pick because Urban Meyer is stupid. But I, you know, I don't think that he's got the 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 skill set to to be that, you know, to be that workhorse. I don't. I, I think his efficiency is going to come crashing down at some point. I mean, seven point four yards per per carry. Like, come on, folks. I mean, yeah, the team sent us a message in how they use him and in trading and in trading J Rob. But like, there's a reason he was like my RB three going into the 2021 class, right. Is I don't like him a lot really when it comes to, you know, short yardage and, and between the tackles, I think he's very good in space. Right. And, you know, I just, I don't know. Like, I just, I'm not sold that he's this like elite top five uh, dynasty uh, running back. Right. And then fields, I take my L on because I thought he was up and he's been, down but the caveat here is not as wrong as you think because i think people are are like piling on fields when it's just there's there's the there there right and we've seen the last few weeks things are are trending are trending upward yes you know there is some sense of him holding on to the ball too much at the same time nobody's getting open his weapons are crap and the offensive line stinks right you know, yes, the offensive line stinks, but at the same time, he's holding the ball too much. So that, you know, increases the sack rate. Right. So, you know, listen, he's got the rushing floor. They're adding weapons, Claypool. Right. Like, you know, I think I'm still bullish. I'm still optimistic. Um, he hasn't really changed much in, in my ranks. So but looks like I was wrong so far halfway through 2022. Okay, so poke holes in, in my in my bullshit defenses, despite <laughs> me despite me wearing L's. Well, all right, let me. I'll start with ETN just because he's the one that's made the biggest jump in my rankings, and we talked about him a few episodes ago. He, you know, he showed this efficiency in college, and he got almost all the carries there. That's all we had to go off of because this is his first actual season, so that actual playing, and I think just the fact that they had made that trade. Like, he's going to be the guy. There is regression coming. I don't think he's going to sustain a seven yards per carry. But I think there is something to look into, and he's got three – I think it's three uh, 40-plus yard rushes in three games in a row. So I think that play – that is always there, kind of like with the Saquon. Like, he'll run into the tackle a bunch a few times, but then he breaks off one or two large runs, and his day looks amazing all of a sudden. So I obviously like him a lot. Um, but there is definitely regression coming. He's shown that he doesn't have as good of hands as I thought he was. He dropped some passes. Um, I'm on Raw. I think trading Hawkinson just boosted him up for me. Jamison Williams coming in, will, I think, will help. Because I think right now they're just, especially with uh, Hawkinson gone, they're honing in on him with Swift out because he's the only weapon that's actually going to beat him. Um, let me pull the thing here. Uh, Hertz. Hertz was my number four quarterback coming into the year. I love him. I think I'll pair him and Fields together. I think the Bears are starting to do what the Eagles do for Hertz and put him in more favorable uh, positions and playing towards his strengths. They're starting to roll Fields out, get him on the move more, call him more runs instead of trying to make him be a pocket passer without without a good offensive line and without good options. And uh, I'll also touch on Chase Claypool. I love that trade for the Bears, even though they basically – traded Roquan Smith for him. I think Claypool is going to open up the offense. I think Darnell Mooney doesn't have to be your deep ball, middle, and mm-hmm. short right now. Mm-hmm. And Claypool, someone was saying on Twitter, I saw you were interacted with it. 
he's this is the first time Claypool's not had a noodle arm quarterback. So and that suits his strength. So I think this is going to be good for everyone in the Bears outside of like the offensive line. So I think Fields is going to keep improving. Yeah, I think I think that's a, a an underrated move for yep. for both for both Claypool, but especially for Fields. Um, yep. Who's your next L's? There's a few of them. It's a lot of my dynasty leagues that I try to do win now. Well, the ones I drafted earlier on in the year, and some of these older win now players are just not really panning out like I expected them to. Um, it's going to be Zeke, James Conner, Darren Waller, and Matt Ryan. And two of these are injuries related, but that was definitely a big part of older guys who have had injuries in their past. So I'll start with Zeke. Zeke is only, I think, fantasy relevant because the contract Jerry Jones gave him to him, and now they're just dead set on making him the focal point of their offense when Tony Pollard is more explosive. I think he's just better all around at this point in their careers. So I thought, you know, he's getting some touchdowns, but it's still an overall disappointment from where I drafted him. Mm. Uh. James Conner, he's he's injured. So, I, but even before then, he wasn't efficient. He was touchdown dependent. I knew mm-hmm. that coming in, but I still just I was stubborn. He won me some leagues last year, so I kept taking shots on him, and it's really backfiring now. I should have listened to other people when it come to that. Um, you got Darren Waller, kind of similar situation. I thought Devontae Adams would help him. I thought it opened up the field more, but it's not really done that. When he's out there, he hasn't really done a lot outside of Week One. And he's hurt, which is a constant thing for him. Last year, he was always questionable, but played. And I should have. Hindsight's twenty twenty with that stuff. And the last one's Matt Ryan. I wrote up a quarterbacks I could bounce back. Last year, Matt Ryan was the number one quarterback tied for deep ball throwing. So everyone's saying he's washed, his arms washed. I didn't believe it just because of that stat and the fact that the Falcons just didn't have anyone outside of Pitts to throw to. You know, he moved to an offense was supposed to be a really good offensive line. They're not playing well. He had Michael Pittman, but he's just – that offense has just not looked good all the way around, and Matt Ryan's partly to blame. He doesn't look good. He's not making good decisions. He's throwing a lot of interceptions, which isn't what he did when he was at his prime. Well, at – And those were his QB twos. I didn't have him as yeah. a starting QB. I had him yeah. super flex, you know, the yeah. second quarterback. So I wasn't expecting so- him to – at the risk of polishing the turd that is Matt Ryan, whose um, whose tenure as a as a um, Colts starting quarterback lasted twenty eight weeks and three <laughs> days. <Yep>. Um, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> um, you know, Frank Reich said. We promised him an offensive line and a running game, and we didn't deliver, right? So, I, I, you know, in his defense, I'm not saying he's, he's good and wouldn't have been benched at some time anyway, but, you know, in his defense. All right, let me wear a little bit more of an unequivocal L that I can't really say much about. <laughs> but uh, I, I kind of – I like long shot rookies, you know, I like saying, well, if this if this breaks right and blah blah blah, and I'm big on this guy, and you know, so uh, some rookie running backs that I liked uh, that are either like late round uh, 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 picks, like six seven or UDFAs. Um, so Kennedy Brooks on the Eagles, uh, great contact balance. Thought he'd be the goal line back coming out of camp. They seem to be doing okay without him just riding on the practice squad. 
Uh, Abram Smith, he's a guy I didn't like a lot. Some other people loved, um, but I thought the landing spot was good. I thought he was in line to be the next Mark Ingram there when Mark Ingram left. Um, just a you know bruiser, you know between the between the tackles and all that. And uh, he's not even on a practice squad from, from what I last checked. Like he's FA everywhere, right? Like so, you know uh, that's that's a, a bad call. Again, I wasn't saying these folks could be elite, but you know I had optimism. Uh, Jeshwan Corbin, Jeshawn Corbin on the Giants. I looked at it and I said, okay, uh, Brita, Antonio Williams. That's the comp. Gary Brightwell, that's the comp for being behind Saquon. You know, he could be one Saquon ankle away from, you know, and and, you know, and the skill set for me wasn't bad. Like, again, he wasn't high in my rankings going into the draft. He was like, I don't think the teens, maybe something like that as far as yeah. running backs go. But, but yeah, he's, he's riding the practice squad. Um, but that's an unequivocal L. But let me polish a few turds. Um, Kyron Williams, you know, not fast, right? People buried him after the combine. I still like him. Yep. Uh, intangibles, uh, play speed is is more important than his forty time. Can catch passes. Who knows what the heck is going on there? Hendo's a free agent. Acres is Acres, you know. Um, uh, Ty Chandler, Madison is a free agent. Uh, Chandler has a pretty well rounded skill set. Um, you know, not saying that he's going to be the next Dalvin Cook, but if Madison leaves, there's a spot for Chandler. I think Jerome Ford is in a good spot. He's on IR right now, but Hunt is gone. You know, he's, um, I, I, I think he's gone, right? I think he's going to have a hard time signing somewhere. With, with We talked about the depth of the free agent class and the draft class and you know, him being 28 and all that. They couldn't even get a fourth rounder for him. Uh, but I, I think they're going to part ways, and I think he slides into that Kareem Hunt role uh, well. Um, Hassan Haskins, we'll see. You know, Derrick Henry, you know, you know, seems to be staying healthy. Uh, so, you know, Haskins got, hasn't gotten any run, but I still like him as one of those injury away guys. I'm not, I'm not burying him at all. Um, Keontae Ingram was a guy I wrote up as a possible redraft sleeper. Because I looked at the backfield there and I said, mm, you know, he's got a shot, right? Connor is, as we said, injury prone and TD dependent. Daryl Williams isn't much to write home about, you know, wasn't in love with Eno, right? I'm not saying that, you know, again, to the moon here, but I don't expect Connor or Daryl Williams to either be on the team or playing a big role next year. I got to look at Connor's contract. I didn't see him in the free agent list, but. You know, I think a committee of Eno and, and Ingram is very possible next year. Speaking of Connor, Snoop Connor as well, I think is someone um, they they shipped out J Rob. Uh, you've seen my uh, my caution around Etienne. I think they're going to need a short yardage um, guy. Uh, they're going to need a goal line guy here and there when it's not uh, you know because Etienne isn't exactly in that role. So I still have a little bit of optimism for, for Snoop Connor, but I am wearing unequivocally an L on Kennedy Brooks, Abram Smith, and Jay Sean Corbin. No, <laughs> no I like the still optimistic uh, that you put because I actually like some of those also. There's a few that just I'm – I'm about to hit some other rookies, but I'll hit some further out ones that I like, but I still mm -hmm. like uh, – Tristan Ebner is one that I thought they might trade Montgomery. And even next year, I don't know what his contract is like, but I saw him stepping into the Khalil Herbert role this year when Herbert is the guy. And he's already playing special teams, so he's had some he's had some run out there. I like him. 
I also like Jerome Ford a lot. I think uh, he's going to step in. I just, what do you think about Dearness Johnson? Do you think they'll trade him too, or do you think he'll step up into that role? Um, because when he played, he looked like he was pretty solid. To me, he's more he's more Chubb, and Jerome Ford is more Hunt. Okay, right? yeah. Um, but he is. I think he is a free agent. I, I, you know, I would expect him to be back, right, uh, with the team. Uh, but as a you know backup, while Chubb is still there, um, you know, again, it's going to be a buyer's market for, oh. for the running back. So I don't I don't know that he's going to get something that's going to you know be a big incentive to leave. Right. Yeah. Um, but uh, Troy checking in. Uh, thank God that Troy guy isn't on there this week. For those who, who don't know, Troy uh, did a very good job uh, filling in for uh, Josh last week when we talked about uh, rebuilding tips. He's voice and fuego on, on Twitter, and he'll be um, he'll be doing something interesting with his uh, with his YouTube coming up. Uh, so please make sure that you uh, keep an eye out for that. Yeah, and thanks for filling in, Troy. I do appreciate it. Um, see, I'm going to hop on some other rookies that I had a little higher that aren't really panning out. And there's one that's opposite we talked about. So I started Damian Pierce. Sorry, touched on it, so I won't go further. I didn't think he would be quite this good. Mm-hmm. So I was wrong about him. The other ones are Jordan Mason, Sky Moore, and Christian Watson. Mm-hmm. I thought Jordan Mason had the chance to be, you know, this year's Elijah Mitchell. You know, I like him more than TDP, and I still do. TDP, oh, yeah. Not fast. He doesn't really bring much. I don't really like him, but I thought he would be seeing a lot more run this year. Instead, they traded instead of using the rookies, which is fine. I'm still in on him overall, but I just thought he'd be a little more to do this year. Uh, Sky Moore, I had him lower than a lot of people, but I still had him in my top 10 for receivers. I I drafted more Miko Hardman than I did just where they were going. But I thought Sky Moore would overtake that spot, and I thought he'd get a lot more run than just returning punts and kicks. He hasn't. I think he's still a good long-term option. But them going out to trade for Tony just shows that he's not ready yet. So, you know, obviously a lot of people were high on him. He's just not – he hasn't really returned his value. And then Christian Watson, he was my lowest out of all these. I thought he had – you know, I thought he was a little raw, but I thought his athleticism, speed and stuff would – play out and I just didn't see anybody else there catching passes outside of Randall Cobb and you know Sammy Watkins so I thought he would get a better run and Lazard and he's been kind of buried he had one drop on a wide open touchdown and since then I haven't really seen or heard much from him so I thought he would do a little bit more especially more than Dubs I had Dubs on a lot of teams but I thought Watson would be ahead of him well you know let's let's polish the turds a little bit though while we're while we're wearing our L's uh, I, I wasn't in love with Sky Moore. Like, I, I, you know, I had him, I think, maybe wide receiver 10-ish. So it wasn't like, you know, I didn't hate him, right? But I think people got drunk on landing spot, right? Mm-hmm. And I was actually trying to trade out of that uh, um, James Cook, Sky Moore, Christian Watson range of the end of the first round of, yeah. of rookie drafts because I didn't like any of them at the price, right? Uh, that said, though um, – at least Hardman's gone next, or is a free agent yeah. next year. Juju's a free agent, may resign, may not. Could be, a, you know, a more who gets open well, like he's got good separation and stuff. Could be a more and you know Tony show yeah. next year alongside Kelsey. I still don't think he's going to be as to the moon as some people thought, but you know, definitely not somebody to 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 give up on. And and Watson as well, like he's been hurt, but like going into this, I I thought he was. A project anyway, you know, all athleticism and traits and just very raw and, 
we were going to have to wait probably to 23 to really see anything happen anyway. So, you know, so there is, there is hope there, you know, you know, if he, if, uh, if that sort of buy low makes sense for your team, Sky Moore or Watson, sure, go for it. Right. There might be some frustrated contenders or something like that, but, uh, but yeah, you know, let's not, uh, let's not, let's not bury them. Yep. Absolutely. Just wanted to, I missed this, uh, in, in the chat there, uh, Sorry, Jamie. Again, Jamie, thanks for uh, thanks for checking in and, and watching. Uh, he has Ford on at least eight or nine teams, uh, thinking he'll take over that hunt role. So you know, uh, Jamie, uh, Jamie co-signs. Uh, I I like it a lot. Um, we'll uh, we'll see what's up. Uh, friend of the show, Julia, also uh, checking in. Uh, thanks for uh, thanks for being here and congratulating. Uh, uh, Josh on the uh, Atlanta victory over Carolina last week it was an exciting game. It was the wedding I was at was on Sunday at, and I had to be there at one o'clock. So I didn't get to watch it. I got to watch the highlights. Mm. So it, it did seem like a really good game. I didn't realize it went all the way to the end of overtime. Mm. That's yeah. It's always fun when that happens. All right. So my turn to wear an L correct. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so let's go with young wide receivers. All right. Um, the Vikings, I thought Amir Smith-Marset or Jalen Naylor, who was a rookie this year, were going to compete with Osborne for that three-role. Uh, I thought, hey, listen, we have an aging feeling. You know, Naylor might be somebody to hold on to. The, the thing with him was he's got good traits if he can just stay healthy and, and, and be on the field. So he's, you know, good low-price gamble. None of that's panned out. Uh, ISM shipped uh, – shipped, not shipped, but signed with the Bears – now isn't there, and now signed with Kansas City, and who knows what he's going to do now with Tony there. He's probably on the practice squad or something. You know, so he's kind of, you know, not a thing. And uh, Jalen Naylor, you know, like so far, 2022, a big goose egg. So that's an L for me. Uh, I want to talk about Jalen Tolbert. He's a guy um, who coming into this season, I said, listen, you know, um, uh, if he got Ohio State coaching, right, everybody would be like – you know, through the roof for, for this guy. Right. But like a lot of rookies, he's going to, he's going to have to refine a lot of, a lot of things with this route running, had some concentration drops, things like that. But I thought overall, you know, uh, with, with, uh, with the uh, athleticism and with, um, uh, you know, Gallup not starting the season that there might be like a window for, for him uh, uh, to shine, but he just ain't ready. He's a healthy scratch a lot. And, you know, I, again, like long term, I think better days are ahead. But as far as 2022 goes, big L for me on that one. I wasn't like, hey, you know, Tolbert's elite. But, you know, I, I was optimistic and, and I was wrong. Also, James Proche, mm-hmm. wrong about him. Um, you know, a lot of Ravens folks were raving <laughs> about him <laughs> and saying, uh, you know, he's going to be the wide receiver, too. Not that that gets you much behind Bateman in that offense with the low passing volume. But I thought, okay, you know, he was cheap, you know, grabbed him on waivers and, you know, throw-ins and trades or maybe threw like a fourth for him in a couple of places. And before you know it, like he was one of my, my highest percentage players on my roster. I was like, oh, shit. Uh, and, uh, and he hasn't really uh, panned out. Not a total goose egg, uh, but, you know, has not panned out the way that, the way that we thought. Uh, Duvernay clearly getting more uh, opportunity uh, than, uh, than him. Um, uh, uh, so, uh, Jamie, uh, 
speaking uh, speaking to me um, with uh, with the Jelani what I'm congratulately obligated to say it that way. Uh, I love him still. Yeah. Uh, I you know I never said he was like my tight end prospect four. It was McBride Dulcich. Um, why am I blanking? Otten and and Jelani Jelani what? Uh, going into this, I knew. Listen, he's raw. He's going to take a while. He's, he definitely can't block well, you know. But he's got upside. Let's let's stay with it. I still I still love him long term, but definitely big L for people who who drafted him above those guys. I was not drafting him. People were taking Woods ahead of where I would take him, and I was Woods' biggest fan. So you know, it was uh, it was uh, it was it was a, a a mess there. But yeah, if you took Woods over those guys, then. And that that's that's an L, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, you're next. Yeah, let's. Uh, so I'm gonna go with uh, three guys that I'm down on this year. So I guess redraft, but optimistic still for the future, just given the situation. <clears throat> First one's my second most rostered player, and that's Deontay Johnson. Um, he's still getting a lot of targets. There's only three games I think that he hasn't had ten targets. But that whole offense, especially with Pickett, just doesn't – it's not looking good. It's not making any improvements. And the targets are not turning into fantasy points. I mean, the past five games, he has one game over 10 uh, PPR points, and that's full PPR. So he's not doing much with the targets. I don't blame it all on him. I think it's a you know a number of things. They can't run the ball. They can't really block well. And they have Kenny Pickett as their quarterback. So I'm going to hang on to him, but he's definitely down this year and hurt me in a lot of spots. Next one's A.J. Dillon. Um, I thought he would get more run. I thought there'd be a lot more sets with him and Aaron Jones on the field at the mm-hmm. same time. Because mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers made a remark, you know, you need to have your best players on the field, especially with a bunch of rookies out there. And, you know, he's not getting the number of carries and receptions I was expecting. And he was going pretty high on drafts. So, I mean, a lot of people are disappointed with him. And then another mm-hmm. one's mm-hmm. Kenneth Gainwell. I thought he would have a lot larger role. Um, you know, he's he he'll, he'll, like, salvage a few touchdowns every now and then, but he's only getting, like, you know, a few carries and a few receptions. And My- Miles Sanders looks really good. He looks like the guy. And they still hand it to Boston Scott a lot on the goal line for some reason. Mm-hmm. So he just hasn't ascended to the spot I expected him to in his, I think, second year, maybe third, second year. So he's still young, and there's still plenty of time for them, you know, to give him a shot or for him to go somewhere else. I still like the talent, but he's wasting away on a lot of my benches also. Not really doing much right now. Well, you know, Sanders free agent, right? So, you know, who knows? I, you know, I don't think Gainwell is the same type of player or the same talent level, but, you know, definitely some some polish on uh, on, on that turd. Um so just a couple things uh, to, to show here. Uh, you know, Jamie's saying it'll take time for Tolbert. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think I think the patience is is gonna is gonna pay off. Um, Troy says AJ Dillon makes me sad. Uh, we'll t- I'm gonna talk about Dylan in, in a second here uh, too. Um, Kyle, that's why I spent up for. Oh, I'm sorry, Julia. That's why I spent up for uh, Aaron Jones. Good job, especially in in, in redraft. I think yeah. right. And uh, let's see, uh, uh, Julia. I think. Uh, oh, has a question about your Falcons running backs. Um, uh, he's utilizing both Algier and Huntley. Are, are both of them worth keeping for the next couple of years? I have a couple of thoughts about that, but you go ahead. 
Um, I'm going to say Huntley, no, maybe Algier. I think if if Arthur Smith wants to keep running this style of offense and running, I think they're going to have to go get a running back in the draft or trade for one. So I don't I don't see you, and I don't really like the way either one of them look as the main backs. Neither one's very efficient. You know, the line's not blocking terribly, but it's not great. But it seems like they're just getting three and a half yards of carry every time, and they're just getting it by volume mm-hmm. or just getting it by getting a red zone touch. So mm-hmm. I would say Algier over Huntley just because of the draft capital, but I think they're going to – find another option for that spot mm. i thought algier was was always overrated for me and uh he you know he had a chance to essentially establish himself in cpat's absence yep you know and like pull away from caleb huntley and he didn't really do it right no he didn't um so i could you know, put him on i'll throw that in there as a l because i had him higher than a lot of other backs just because right. i thought he'd get immediate run and do it but he hasn't he hasn't I made it all that good. I've made a couple moves uh, like in this neighborhood of like uh, Algier and a third for like a 24 second, you know? Um, I think, you know, it's probably a loss as far as like what I paid for him, but I think as far as like what he's going to do and the, and the value, I, I, I like it. Cause I'm not one of those people that sticks to, well, I paid X for him. Like that's gone now. Like that's over. You got to like, move on. Like you know, yeah. it, it it's all about what's 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 going on, what's going on now. Uh, so AJ Dillon has come up, which which kind of leads into my next L, um, which is uh, I missed on a few RB twos this year. Um, I'll start uh, I'll start with Dillon. Uh, he's been very meh, um, and when I mean RB two, I mean like top twenty four. I don't mean like second on the team. Uh, he you know his bread and butter is you know, grinding defenses down when, when Green Bay has a lead, right? Hasn't been too, too much opportunity to do that. But even when he's been in there, he hasn't done much. And as far as like the reps that he's getting, you know, they're telling us who they want to use and when they want to use, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's a guy that I'm probably trying to, you know, get a little for, as you know, because the name value still has something, uh, I think. But yeah, I, I'd... Uh, Things don't look good uh, with, with, with Dylan, which allows me to talk about another long shot uh, RB, and that's Kylan Hill. Um, sort of was on IR forever after a 2021 ACL um, tear. He was, was a rookie in, in 2021. Um, did really well his first couple of years at Mississippi State. Mike Leach took over as coach in 2020, installed the air raid offense, which didn't really fit um, – Kylan Hill's running, you know, but it did allow him to show receiving chops, right? Then there's a one-game suspension that he gets a couple games into 2020, right? And <clears throat> and uh, it was for, like, I think, behavior after a loss to Kentucky or something like that, right? And then, uh, and then boom, he opts out for the rest of 2020, right? So um, now, obviously, there are cons and minuses, Right. Like, you know, you still have Dylan there. Tyler Goodson is competition. Um, the ACL, of course, um, you know, he was almost Mr. Irrelevant, 29th pick in the seventh round, you know, like, but he, I'm not saying he's, he's Aaron Jones talent or, or, or quality, but he, he has the Aaron Jones mold to him. Right. So if they do 
take the out in Aaron Jones's contract, right? I think that elevates Dylan. I think Kylan Hill then could slide into something, you know, that could be an opportunity, right? Because Tyler Goodson is competition, but only Tyler Goodson and Patrick Taylor are competition at the moment, right? Like that's the only thing that he has going against them, right? Uh, and, you know, the ACL, uh, you know, will, you know, it's the second year back from ACL next year, right? So that, you know, that narrative and ACL is more important for people who really rely on a lot of agility, which is not really his thing. So um, just a name to stash, uh, somebody I'm trying to, if, you know, he made it to waivers because people got frustrated or if there's a team that has to take him off IR and maybe has to drop someone and, or even wants to drop him. You know, I've been, you know, throwing a fourth or a fifth here and there and or trying to get them thrown into trades because, you know, the buy-in is low, right? I don't think the ceiling is high, but the buy-in is 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 certainly low. And just some other guys in that neighborhood of RB2 that I kind of had an L on. J-Rob was terribly inefficient when he was with uh, the Jaguars. Really disappointing outside of that one game. Um, you know, I'm wondering, like, it's got to be just that like the Achilles is just not easy to come back from. I think Dante Foreman had an Achilles at one point. Right. And, and maybe J Rob just needs more time or something like that. But yep. man, you know, I heard a Texans fan once say it's death taxes and you can run on the Texans and J Rob didn't. So when he played them, so uh, you know, uh, you know, definitely thought he'd be, he'd be doing better. Um Antonio Gibson, still a little bit of optimism there because he's the more talented player. As much as I like B-Rob, probably more than, than most people do, he's the more talented player. Um, so I think they're going to they're gonna figure out a way, um, you know, and he's going he's gonna to get folded in more. And as we get more distance from the doghouse stuff, you know, he'll uh, – but, but again, I thought he'd be doing, he'd be doing better. And CEH, yeah. you know, I thought he was primed for a, a bounce-back year as like a high-end RB2 – and he's flashed here and there, but just the way the offense works and the way and the number of snaps he's getting and, you know, the um, the boomer bust sort of nature of, of what he's doing, you know, an L for me. So an L on RB2 range guys like J-Rob, Dylan, Gibson, and CEH. Yeah, I, I was with you on a lot of these, especially Antonio Gibson. And even watching uh, the commanders play, he's clearly the better, more talented back, especially all around. And McKissick has a neck injury right now. So as long as he's out, I definitely think uh, Gibson will get a lot more run, especially as a third down back. But when all three of them were there, they were going to McKissick on third downs over Antonio Gibson a lot of time. And that's worrisome. I don't understand why. Because I do think Gibson's still a really good player. I think he'll bounce back. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I think also the Achilles, I think it takes a lot longer than we expected to get back because Dante Foreman is just now relevant again. And, He's, I think, two or three years off of his Achilles. So I, I think they'll be fine, you know, the guys with Achilles. But I think it takes a lot longer to come back from than we expected. Mm. Okay. Uh, somehow I've done all five of mine. Have you done all five of yours? Did we skip around yeah. somehow? No, I added Josh Jacobs into one of mine. The last one I oh. had was about the injury stuff. Um, so I, I guess I'll hop into that really quick. Yeah, while, while we have time, let's talk about some of, the, some of these injuries and what, what we should be doing with them. Yeah. So my main point for this was to try to learn from mistakes that we did coming into this year, given the amount of significant injuries to young running backs. And the main one I wanted to talk about is J.K. Dobbins. You know, I was told by the different doctors, the one for going for two, the doc, he was 
I'm pretty sure he was telling people to be hesitant on J.K. Dobbins. A lot of people across Twitter were. They're saying it's hard to come back from. But I just didn't think they had any other options, so I just kept drafting him pretty highly because the talent's there. But he obviously wasn't ready to return. He might have rushed back. But either way, I'm wondering if that changes how we draft moving forward at startups, draft Brees, uh, Javante Williams. Guys coming off injuries have more than one part of their knee injured and like mm. pretty badly injured. If we got to you know, temper expectations, you know, if they're already on your team, you're going to hold them unless you want to move them. But I was just wondering what we could do to avoid certain mm. stuff like this happening and how to evaluate it so we don't mm. make the same mistakes. Well, you know, on the one hand, again, it's like you can't really <clears throat> count, you know, you know, count for, for injuries, account for injuries yeah. when you're doing these things, right? But we, um, on Dynasty Fever, my other podcast, we, uh, I, I, I took like an 11-minute clip out of an episode and made it like a bonus one. And it's about like Brees Hall and ACLs and what you should be doing and, 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 and that sort of thing. And, you know, it's tough, right? People are still, you know, ranking Brees as if he's still like, you know, top five dynasty running back, right? And saying they draft him in a startup over JT next year. That's what I've been seeing, and that's what prompted me to go with this. And he's still the RB one next year in redraft, and I just like first of all, we 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 all know the first year back from an ACL isn't as good as the second year, right? Not everyone is Adrian Peterson, right? Yeah. So (laughs) so so you're talking about 2023, probably tempering your your expectations, right? Yes, an ACL is not what it used to be, and ACL is not is not an Achilles, but it's still major, right? Um. You know, I just for, for me personally, I'm I'm not one of those people who counts on. Um, I bank on flipping somebody and making that next move because, in my experience, I've been left holding the bag because I can't trust people to make trades that are actually good for them. Although that's a yeah. whole other that's a whole other story, <laughs> whole other episode. Right? <laughs> so so I'm okay trying to you know get a discount on Brees now, like, but I'm super careful. Like if I don't flip him before the beginning of 2023 to me buying him now would have been a mistake in a lot of situations so i'm definitely more careful with Brees and javante than than i than i see other other folks being as far as like drafting goes you know i think i i think there's a lot of you know folks in the last few years who you know have you know been touting that whole like you know don't put too much into running backs right you know, and that sort of thing. There's a reason that in a super flex, like, you know, JT goes in the in the middle of, of the first round and then like you don't really get many many rung backs in the next few picks until like maybe the end of the second, you know. Um, uh, and also the NFL is drafting and deploying running back differently than they used to. Yep. Right. And and we need to catch up with that too. However, it does make the special ones stand out that much more and more valuable given that that's the way the NFL is drafting and deploying them. So if I think say a Bijan, right, breaks that mold and is special enough that he's, you know, on the, you know, the, the highest, you know, of high tiers and elite and, you know, you know, is going to, you know, break the trend and he's going to get drafted in the first round, maybe even in the top half of the first round. Right. Like then sure. Yeah. I'll still probably draft him with the confidence that we were drafting, say, JT with, right? Um, but not too many guys are going to get that from me, 
right? Um, because it's the shortest shelf life, it's the most injury prone um, position, right? And you can find value, right, by, you know, by looking at, uh, you know, the types of players that do well and, um, you know, uh, uh, opportunity that seems sneaky that maybe some other people didn't see. Like, there's ways to massage running back, you know, that, that I think I'm subscribing to more in the last year or so and, and moving so forward. For example, Rashad White. Let's, let's take him, for example, right? I liked him. You know, he was like my RB four or five going into and coming out. He was still like, I think, five or six, right? Um, you know, he, I think he's, 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 worth, he's worth the wait, right? Like, I think he's, he's started to carve out a role for himself. He's got, a, I think, a more well-rounded skill set than, than some of the running backs that, that people, you know, were putting higher um, price tags on. Um, you know, Fournette is like pushing, he's 27, pushing 28, yeah. right? It's a high pass rate team. So a good pass catcher like Rashad White, who isn't a bad runner, by the way, um, you know, is valuable there. So I think he's a guy that I've bumped up my rankings based on what's going on with the running back landscape. Like I've got him up to like 27 now, you know, uh, and he's above names like uh, B. Rob, Dylan, J. Rob, C. E. H. Elijah Mitchell, Damian Harris, Zeke, Kareem Hunt, Singletary, Michael Carter, Kyron Williams, uh, Madison, Jamal Williams. Right? Okay, so that's. I mean, I got him. Like you know, I. That's pretty high I, up there. Yeah, I like him. I like him. So I don't. Yeah, that's, a, that's, that's a long way of saying that. Like, yeah, we we we. You know, we might have to rethink some things at running back. Yeah. Before the year, you'd say I'm crazy having him that high, but now it makes it actually makes total sense. So I have a trade here for you, real quick. I traded mm-hmm. for Brees Hall recently. Because I saw a window and I'm rebuilding. So let me know what you think about this. I got Brees Hall in a 24 early second. It's projected to be early second for Christian Kirk. And I trade away Christian Kirk and Nick Chubb. Kirk and Chubb and four. For Brees and a 24 early second. I think a lot of people would love that trade. I would like it a lot. I don't know that I'd love it. But in but yeah, in a rebuild, you're moving Chubb, get those points off your roster, get Brees yep. who isn't scoring points, you get you get a good pick. Like, yeah, it's it's I would probably want to get more from somebody in that position because of Chubb's safe, known quantity, guaranteed points the rest of 2022. But that's not a bad trade at all. No, yeah, yeah. yeah that's that's the type. And I, if if I were you, you know, when we get a little further away from the injury, right? And some things kind of sort itself out a little bit more with where the running backs are going with free agents and, and that sort of thing. Or maybe even before the draft happens, right? So people aren't, aren't uh, you know, ha- don't have Bijan fever. I'd try to flip Reese Hall. Yeah, know, my plan get, was – Get even more. My loose plan was, you know how the preseason there's always like ETN had them, everyone coming off injury, looks like they're back, and everyone's hyping them up on Twitter. If yeah. anything, I was going to hop on when people are hyping Brees up as the RB1 and try and just go ahead and before he disappoints, you know, or mm-hmm. it's slow to return, I'll say that. Yeah. But and it, in, on the other hand, if you're looking at your team and saying like, I kind of realistically can't compete until 24 anyway, mm-hmm. worth holding on to because I think 24, yeah. that second year back from the ACL – that's when he's going to be, you know, back to what he was this year. Yeah. 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 uh, So the last thing I wanted to touch on here, and and we're going to land the plane here soon, was kind of what did we learn from all this? We we, we touched on what we learned 
with the with the injured running backs and that sort of thing. Did did anything stand out to you when looking at your L's where you were like, hmm, this is a lesson I should take away from it? Um, if anything, probably that I need to diversify my top talent a little bit more. I have plenty of diversification among like, you know, during the rookie draft, I tried to go out and get some people, guys on my taxi squad, bench pieces. But a lot of these guys I have L's on and who are not doing well, I have on a lot of teams. So mm. I think I just need to do a better about widening my player pool. Because I kind of mm. do like I do for DFS. I kind of have a certain player pool and based on who's there, what round I go mm-hmm. on that. So maybe I just need to expand it just a little bit more and not be heavily so invested in certain guys because it mm. can really backfire on you. Like if McCaffrey yeah. goes down this year, I'm really screwed. Yeah. You know, yeah, diversify the old portfolio is is a good one. I think for me looking at this like I've been getting better at it, but like, man, in Dynasty, we really get excited about these these rookies, right? And we during the draft season and things like that, it's rookie fever, and we're we're making the case for you know UDFAs. That, and honestly, like, it just doesn't really pan out. Again, like I wasn't super high on Naylor or Tolbert or you know uh, Kennedy Brooks or anything like that. Like so, but it, it's still an L. It's still mm-hmm. like the process about being optimistic about them to whatever level was probably a wrong thing, a wrong thing to be right. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think another lesson too is uh, um, don't bet on the Texans. (laughs) I I do have one more quick one. I I usually draft very heavy on running back and my better teams are ones later on in the year. I realized that wasn't as effective seeing other people draft. I think we got to change, like you said, how we view running backs, how we draft the position, and how it's probably better just to load up on the stud wide receivers and just, you know, figure out running backs as you go. Yeah, I think if, it, if I'm going to start up tomorrow and it makes sense where, like, okay, you know, JT makes sense here or, you know, um, Swift or Saquon, or, right? Yeah, yeah. like – I mean, I'm not going to not do it, right? But what I'm not going to do is then also like take Aaron Jones and then, right? You know, like that. I mean, that's a bad example because he's kind of aging out of relevance. But you know, um, uh, you know, Damian Pierce, right? You know, I might skip on that, take a wide receiver or a tight end, right, and then take a a, a more value play, like you know, not another Rashad White we just talked about, right? Later later on, right? Mm-hmm. I'm Absolutely. super. In, I'm super interested to see what happens with Tony Pollard. Yeah, right? no, I am too. I thought this would be the year he might, but Jerry Jones is stubborn. So he and Coach Jerry Jones is stubborn. <laughs> he he's a free agent, so like mm-hmm. you know, it's a buyer's market. But like you know, Jerry Jones is going to do all he can to suppress Tony Pollard's price, right? Yep. Um, but that that'll be interesting, right? Like, will he be a lead back somewhere? Um. You know, even Dallas, because Zeke has an out in his contract. Ooh. Like, or, um, you know, uh, you know, will he be like, you know, um, a, a big part of a good committee somewhere? Um, you know, he is still like, you know, the dreaded 26-year-old running back second contract, right? You know, but he's also one of those guys who I, who I think is, you know, he doesn't have as, as much mileage as a lot of people in his running backs in his position 26 going into second contract do right so you know that's something to keep in mind as well but before we go down the the pollard rabbit hole let's uh <laughs> let's uh <laughs> let's wrap things up here uh if you're listening to us audio on the going for two 
uh, live podcast feed, please subscribe, rate, and review. If you're watching us here on video, whether live or uh, later on, please make sure that you subscribe to the Going For Two YouTube channel, like the video, and click the little bell so you get notifications when new podcasts come out because Going For Two has a podcast for everybody and a podcast <laughs> per day of the week. Right, We have the Sunday morning pregame at 11.30 Eastern, and then every night of the week we have we have podcasts, redraft, DFS, IDP, uh, injury check-ins, you name it, we got it. So, uh, you know, the Going For Two live channel is your, your one-stop shop. Uh, Josh, where can we find you and your work? Yeah, you can uh, find me on Twitter at Rotonaut, next to my name, R-O-T-O-N-A-U-T. I've kind of taken a small break from writing weekly articles, but I do help to jump back on it. You know, life is getting a little hectic. Uh, yeah, you can find all my rankings articles at goingfor2.com. Yeah, so check it out. All right. You can find me on Twitter at ffjunkie underscore. My dynasty rankings at goingfor2.com. I did a big revision of my running back rankings. So, um, you know, I'm really, I'm really interested in that. Uh, I will write occasionally during the season, but um, mostly a, an off-season writer there. Uh, you can find me uh, on the Dynasty Fever podcast, uh, audio only. Episodes drop Thursday. You can follow that show at Dynasty Fever Pod on Twitter. Uh, please make sure that you follow at going for underscore two on Twitter, at going for two live on Twitter. Uh, and if you go to goingfor2.com, make sure you click on the little purple Discord guy, if it's a guy or a thing or a whatever uh and and join the discord it's free and there's a lot happening there a million channels uh lots of good chat uh gator saying thanks guys great show thank you gator for being here always enjoy always. being with you and uh and thank you for uh for the kind words uh please stay tuned on this very youtube channel at nine o'clock eastern for our idp podcast cover zero that's a wrap thanks for being with us Thank <laughs> you.